Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's going on, people? We are back. Players only back in the building. Sean Barber, aka Barbershop. What's Good up, to have you up? on time. Bum, bum, bum. My man Joe Maisie, not in the heezy, but we always remember my man, my ace, my coon, my boom, Joe Maisie. <laughs> And I'm Danon Hughes, and we're here again for you as we are every week during the football season. Players only, back in the building in barbershop. We are brought to the fans out there, the listeners. Yes, sir. Each and every week by U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We got Julio in the booth. Yes, sir. Directing traffic. And Barbershop, as we get into the first quarter of this show, um, let's remember we got the Jay Southland Tow Service text line open, 913-576-7610. There's a a lot of stuff going on in the NFL, and I know we have a normal template. For all the listeners out there, maybe new, new listeners, we go in the first quarter, we recap the previous game, the fourth quarter, we preview the upcoming game. We're definitely going to do that. But in quarter two and quarter three, we got a little bit of a twist because we still want the texts. We still want the calls. But there's a lot going on off the field, eh, semi on the field, off the field, that I think uh, I want to enlighten some folks on. Just right. a perspective. Barbershop, you don't even know. No, Nobody man. knows. I mean, I, I'm, know. I'm, I'm, listen, man. Listen. The one thing I, I love to absorb knowledge and wisdom. So I'm always, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a sponge, man. I'm, I'm listen. I know I had t- ten years in the league. I try to Rafiki C dot for about an hour before we get on. And carries over that until warms, that's a warm up show. for me. That warms, that warms me up for players only. The one thing about players only is consistent. D is me and you. All these other shows around here, people taking holiday breaks. You got C dot playing on the midday show and the. The uh, morning show, you be on there, and then then Bink be, they call Bink, they call Vern. I be listening to the other shows, and I don't know who I'm listening to. But we consistent. Man, we we line up and play. We are here. We We are are lining up, and we are playing. Thursdays from 6 to 7, you going to get Dana, you going to get Barbershop. We going to be telling y'all how it is in the locker room. We going to get the real Inspector kicks us off for other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like K-State basketball is more important than us. That's what I'm trying to – I've been trying yeah, to tell him that for years now. If they were smart, they would just bump us up an hour because the players only, we need to – We need we some, need more time. You know what I mean? Two some hours. Priority. Text line, let us know. Let us show us that love. <laughs> Text line, phone line, 913-576-7610, Barbershop. And let's dig into it. All we right, had a first loss in nine games against the Cincinnati Bengals. 
thoughts? I mean, I guess Aaron opportunity um, sooner or later, right? Some of your uh, mistakes, some of those uh, cracks in the in the wall uh, burst open and breaks the dam. Um, defensively, like I'm gonna stick on the defense. I, I, I'm gonna speak about what I know. I, I know as a defense, um, it's not always about the calls. It's not always about whether you're playing zone or man. When you blitz, when you don't blitz, when you don't blitz. To me, the one thing that's consistent, I think I've been this way on the air, on the radio for years now, attitude and emotions, effort, those things have to be always at 100, a 10 out of 10. You got, you Because that's what you can control. That's what I can control. My effort, my attitude, my emotion, my effort, those things, I got to be bought in from, from, from first kickoff until the last whistle blows. And there are plays that the Cincinnati Bengals scored on when, when we're looking at the, the all 22, I, I, some, I don't follow the ball. Sometimes I'm looking backside. Yeah. I want to see if the backside corner, the backside defense end, yep. backside. I want to see Linebacker, if, if those guys are running to the ball because at the point where the ball is thrown, those guys got blockers to worry about. They're they trying to get around blockers to make the ball cut back so the guy can't get the sideline, down the sideline. It's that backside pursuit that sometimes is so crucial. And, 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 those and the plays, backside pursuit. I remember you guys. That's like one of the opening drills of every practice pursuit is backside drill. pursuit drill. They throw, they got. So just for the listeners out there, picture this. You got quarterback in the middle of the field, which is a coach. You got somebody on the right sideline. That's right. Somebody on the left sideline. Snap the ball. They throw the ball to him, and they tell him to sprint 40 yards down the field, and all the defense has to flow that way as if they were pursuing the ball. Yes, sir. So it is a staple of every college, every pro program that you will be around that you have a pursuit drill some point in the beginning of most practices. Yeah, and the important part is that when the ball is thrown, you don't look and make a decision to run. You run. You run. Just the, go. It's, it's, it needs to become secondary. It needs mm-hmm. to become a habit. When the ball is thrown, the long arm comes off, you're running to the ball, and on film, you need to show that to your opponent, your upcoming opponent, your past opponent. Everybody who watches film needs to know, when the ball gets someplace, you got 11 dogs going to hunt. And that's the way defense is supposed to be played. And when that's not being done, there is no call to save you. There is no matter if you're playing fire zone, cover zero, cover two, five, man up. None of those things matter Matter. when you're not – pursuing to the ball the right way. Yep. And and I think uh, when you take away from the game, for me, I agree with you there. I thought also there were glimpses of the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, specifically in the interaction with the officials. I was in the booth. I call the games with Mitch Holtis. We have a fun time, a large majority of the time. And what I noticed in this game, and I'm going to blame – Give some blame on the officials and some blame on our players. And I had never seen a game where, and the listeners out there, as well as the viewers that were watching the television, you don't get a chance to see it. I'm giving you the view from the press box at the game. I had never seen as much interaction with officials during commercials, between quarters, uh, during breaks, while injuries were happening, change of possessions. I had never seen as much interaction with officials as I saw on Sunday. Now, 
I, I, one thing I love about the NBA and I love about college basketball and I enjoy about the NFL is that the officials give coaches and players an opportunity to vent. It's a highly contested game. It's an emotional game. There are things that happen on the field that you just want the officials to know about. I got held. This guy's doing this. The tackle's getting off way too early. How come you're not calling it this way? You want to be able to at least have an opportunity to vent and have an official not not have thin skin and not allow you that opportunity. You see it in the NBA. Officials, when a guy goes to the foul line, you see official automatically on the side talking to the uh, to the coach or allowing the coach to vent until it gets disrespectful. NFL, during breaks, you'll see Andy Reid on one side of the field talking to an official. You'll see Zach Taylor in this last game on one side of the field talking to officials. But in this last game, I saw officials in, like, walking behind Travis Kelsey on the sideline while he was venting, like walking behind him. Like Travis was trying to walk away from the, from the confrontation with the official. Like I already said my piece. My shoulder pad is outside of my shirt. You can tell I didn't do it. They did it. And they're holding me and this and that. I said my piece. Now I'm going to walk and get some water. And the officials were walking behind him, continuing the conversation. And then Travis would stop, turn around, continue the conversation, be in the official's face, and then walk away. Now, granted, third and 27 is the play of the game. They don't get third and 27. That game is pretty much over. But two things can be true. Officials, bad officiating, factored into the loss, as well as allowing a receiver, a rookie receiver, to have a career day. Those both can be true. But as you were mentioning, the, the effort and the energy wasn't there to the extent that we had seen before. Um, and there's an aspect that's concerning about that, but there's also an aspect that I think can grow because you got sometimes you got to get punched. Oh yeah, definitely. You got to get a, a haymaker that kind of shakes your legs a little bit to for you to realize. Oh, so we fighting now? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I fought against the Giants. I fought against the Packers. I fought against the Raiders twice. I fought against the Broncos. I fought against all these teams during this eight game win streak, and now I come to this game, and somebody actually want to throw a haymaker back at me. Oh, so now we fighting. Mm. And that can be a wake-up call. So I don't want Chiefs fans in the Chiefs kingdom to get down on this team. Uh, we're not trying to brush aside the loss to the Bengals, a very good and dangerous Bengals team like we talked about last week on this same show. But there are times where you go back a couple of years on that Super Bowl run, what happened? The last loss that they experienced was a haymaker from the Tennessee Titans. And Derrick Henry running – for, I don't think he got to 200, but he was well over 100 yards in that game where mm-hmm. we lost down in Nashville in that first game for Patrick Mahomes back from the knee injury. And then you went on a streak. So sometimes a loss, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but sometimes a loss can catapult you and your attitude shake you back into reality. There were technique I think, you know, when you got Jamar Chase running down the sideline as a defensive back barbershop, you know, squeeze him to the sideline, make it the most tough throw that the quarterback has to make, and make him throw it a yard inside the boundary. 
and there were times where he caught the ball and still had two, three, four steps inside the boundary. Our defensive backs know that. Yeah, spatial awareness, like yeah. knowing where you are on the field. So that, that's where, to me, it becomes real is because those are the things you can control. Those are the things that are tangible. Those are the things that you study on film. When, you got, when, when the Chiefs players got back Sunday night, they watched the film, likely on the plane. They got back on Monday. They were preparing for this game because it got moved to Saturday. Mm-hmm. But they looked at some clips of this game, and they and – Outside of the excuses, you see, one thing that always is funny to me, and I was part of it, it was funny for me and it's funny to me, is the facial expressions, the bodily, the body uh, gestures and language on the field and the excuses. It wasn't me. I didn't hold. I didn't grab. You got Rashad Fenton clapping his hands and smiling. None of that happens when you watch the film on Monday because the film don't lie. <laughs> you can tell the coach anything you want to tell him on the sideline yeah. about how it was I a saw, yeah, bogus I saw, call. I saw this. Uh, you know, yeah. my eyes, I, I thought I saw this on the backside. No, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't grab him. I didn't hold. I didn't face mask. Mm-hmm. Film don't lie. Film don't lie. Big, big eye in the sky don't lie. And then that's what happens on Monday. You come back and you're able to look at the film and you bring yourself back down to earth and like, yeah, I will, you know, they got me. Yeah, we learned some things, though. Oh, we, yeah. we learned that uh, we got a guard that can play tackle. Yep. Uh, we, so we, learned, we learned we got some um, some very versatile offensive linemen. We learned that uh, D. Williams is the real deal. Can be the bell cow. Can be the bell cow. Can can put the ball right in his gut, and he'll follow guys mm-hmm. vertical, go north south. Uh, we learned that uh, D. Rob is still here, still a weapon. Guys, third that, touchdown on the same route. That Dino. Yep. That Dino, Dino route. route the two Dino, jet Dino route. That dude. That two jet Dino still lives and still is <laughs> successful. Uh, we learned that Miko. It's still a, a deep threat. Yep. Um, Tracked we, it down. We, we, we learned that defensively, you know what? Hey, it takes all 11. Everybody got to run to the ball. No matter how great you do in your pass rush and interior and all that, you still got to run to the ball. No matter what number you wear on the back, you, you got red on, you get you part of this defense, you got to run to the ball. You, if you're a safety, you got to insert yourself at certain moments. You can't – there is no time to preserve yourself um, if you want the, 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 the team to be successful. Um, when you're dealing with the 13th element, and so you know, you know, we, we know the twelfth man is the fans. Yeah, but the thirteenth man sometimes is the refs. True. But you got to treat the thirteenth man just like the twelfth man. They can't affect how you perform Play. your game. So if can't you, affect if you your start, efforts. if you start changing what you are and who you are and how you play based off of a bad call, then you're never gonna be right. So Sneed, we know you didn't have no pass interference on that call. Yeah. You ain't got to. You ain't got to say nothing to nobody. Continue to go play the game. You but, know that was great coverage. If they're going to continue to call that, you ain't going to be successful no way. But didn't you feel like it was remnants of the Super Bowl where there was so much more interaction with the officials that there would maybe have been a little bit of a lack of focus on the play, the next play? We always hear Andy Andy talk about it's about the next play. You hear Spags, you hear yep. Eric Bieniemy, you hear coaches back in our day, you with Vermeil, me with Marty Schottenheimer, the next play, move on to the next play. And I thought, I was like, when I was calling, I'm literally calling the game with Mitch, and mm-hmm. I'm like, pressing my button during the commercials, like, why are they talking so much to the officials? Like, like we're winning. Like, <laughs> like, we're winning. And, like, there's so much interaction yeah. and complaints and body language and flailing of hands and all that. And I was like, this, I, I kind of feel like this is. Just like, go play. Yeah, this is the Buccaneers game. This is the Buccaneers Just go play, Super. right? Go out there and play. So, again, when you talk about the positives, the takeaways, as we come to the end of the first quarter of this show, a positive takeaway is sometimes you need to see yourself mm-hmm. out there doing that. All those antics, 
histrionics, all that stuff. And then you realize, whoa, that's what I look like on TV. That's what I look like to officials. That's what I look like. That's a weakness that I'm showing to the other team. That I'm more focused on why I'm not getting this call as opposed to lining back up and punching right. you in the mouth. So there's a lot that we, we were able to unpack. Hopefully the Chiefs are unpacking it and they can take this as a learning experience and move in to this game against the Denver Broncos who's trying to play spoiler. And they, they only can spoil but so much. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. But as we get to the second quarter, I want to talk about AB. I want to talk about AR, Aaron Rodgers. And there's some other nuances that we want to we want to bring out on the table as well. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line, phone line is open. Be a part of it with us. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Players Only, Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop, and I'm Danon Hughes, and we are back for the second quarter of Players Only. We got the text line and the phone line open, 913-576-7610. And we're brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. So this second quarter of the show, we've gone different directions over the last few weeks because we've had an assortment of people that have called in, texted in. We've taken the text messages and, and, and phone calls. And we've actually last week was the first where we actually had two straight segments where we had phones and text lines open. It's interesting because the first text that I look at, which is the most recent text, it brings me to one of um, the topics that me and Barbershop were just talking about that I wanted to talk about during this segment. All right, well, let me say the text, and then you can go on into go ahead. what it's about. It says, from the 913 fellas, it seems to me that AB and AR, obviously Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers, both suffer from... Uh, a bad case of entitlement, and so I, again, I don't, I don't know AB's upbringing. I don't know Aaron Rodgers' upbringing. I only know what has been shown to me once they've entered the NFL, and so I don't know if that's a case of entitlement. Obviously, one plays a position quarterback, which is the um, the leader of the team. Uh, the quarterback has certain sh- they when they make mistakes, sometimes they're. Uh, they shouldn't get as much blame, but they shouldn't also get as much, much credit. credit. That's right. Um, whereas a wide receiver sometimes gets blamed. He could be running 90 different routes in a game, and the, the one time he doesn't fully run a route, that's the time the ball is thrown to him and leads to interception, and now he's called lazy. So never is somebody given all the credit or, or all the blame. But at this point in the season, I think we've seen different uh, media uh, outlets and different stories that has to do with Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown. And I think Dana wanted to kind of extrapolate on both of those. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear, and I appreciate you, you know, set, setting things up. I find it interesting that we make things all or nothing when it comes to athletes. And, and we, you know, to be honest, in society, it's done with politics and politicians and 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 an assortment of other people. But since we're a sports show and we're talking about athletes, I always find it interesting that it's a one-stop shop when you are talking about an athlete. Either he is selfish or he's a competitor or he's a thug or he is um, not a team player. Or, you know, I mean, it's always, and I believe these circumstances that we're approaching with Antonio Brown 
and Aaron Rodgers, to me, epitomize the compartmentalizing of people. And what I mean by that is individual boxes that you can put things in. It's not a one, it's not a, a, a buffet. It's not one stop shop where every this person is entitled. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they're not. You can have your opinion about that, but I think we fall victim to putting everything into a box and then labeling something and then shipping it off, like we're at the uh, postal service. And to me, we have to compartmentalize things. So, not giving an example. I mean, not giving any excuse in regards to we'll tackle Antonio Brown. Taking your uniform off, throwing your jersey and your shoulder pads and throwing a shirt into the stands and jogging off the field and quitting on your team mid-game is 100% wrong. It is not anything you would ever tell your kid to do. It's not anything you would ever endorse to be done. It's not anything that you would celebrate anybody doing if you were witnessing it. At any level. At any level. Yeah. At anything. If somebody in my office at US Bank quit, took off of his took off his US Bank shirt and threw it and walked out screaming and waving at everybody else working there, he would be just as bad as Antonio Brown. That's just not how you handle yourself. Now, Having said that and made that clear, there are other aspects that are other boxes that are involved. And we need to tackle those separately. And we, like, if I have five kids, you got 20. No, I mean, how many? Six? (laughs) Five boys and a girl, man. That's right. You got five. You got six. That's right. Half a dozen. Barbara's half a dozen. And so we would box up certain things. We wouldn't just put them all in one box. And I think it's a lazy approach by pundits, analysts, talk shows, or mm-hmm. whatever, to just tackle everything and put it all in one box and not just compartmentalize different aspects of it. We're hearing more stories coming out about Antonio Brown, his ankle, his injury, his interaction with his coach. All those different things are separate. Let's make sure that those are separate based on the ending result. Tom Brady slamming an iPad and throwing it away or jogging past the opponent's sideline and cussing out the coach is separate than anything else that he does that's separate than anything else he does. And you can say it's okay to say this one aspect is 100% 100% dead wrong and he's dead wrong and less of a less of a a professional because of that aspect. But you also can all you can also tackle the other aspects of it in a way. And I and I and I say all this and I know I'm getting long-winded and I say all this because I think we're irresponsible at times in the media and we're irresponsible as fans on Twitter and social and social media because we box everything up. We put it all in one big gumball and and garbage ball and that's what it is that's who he is that's where they're now there's a racial aspect that i think also has to be tackled and i want to preface this before we get into that part in 
for the listeners out there, you guys tune in to us. You tune in to CDOT because we have perspectives. Barbershop and I, we played the game. We have a perspective that is different than yours. Not any better, not any worse, but it's different. And it revolves around sports. Just because I said the, the word R-A-C-E doesn't mean that you automatically need to put your guard up that there's going to be something that you're going to, like, that should trigger you. It's just a different perspective. Just like Barbershop. Barbershop is a former linebacker. I'm a former wide receiver. But we're both black men. And we have a perspective of, from that, we have an, a, a perspective from that angle. Um, I was personally offended, bothered, I shouldn't say offended, but bothered by how harsh the initial comments came on AB's shoulders about the entire of everything not just not the jersey throwing but the entirety of everything and I've and it's a cultural thing so here for listeners that want to have some enlightenment we as a culture in black culture we are more real slightly harsh with each other than maybe other cultures are and I use an example with barbershop with my kids growing up in Lee Summit going to a private school I would have conversations with other parents, uh, just general conversations, bumping the hallways or whatever. And you say, you know, my son or my daughter playing sports or, yeah, he needs to be more aggressive. She, you know, she needs to take control more. And it's just the normal conversation that we would have. And I told Barbershop there was not one time throughout my kids' sports careers, high school and college, where a person that was white said the same type of things at the high school and college level, like I would share with them. And it brought me, that brought my mindset when I saw the Damian Woodies and uh, uh, Dominique Fox, Foxworth and all these different guys that are pundits on Bart, Bart Scott, nothing against them, but we were, we seemed to have a higher propensity to be harsher with each other and more real with each other than people who don't look like us. And that, that was, to me, I was like, okay, we can be harsh about him throwing a jersey. That's ignorant. But let's also recognize that you don't just, there's something else going on mentally, emotionally with somebody that pushes them to throwing a jersey, throwing their jersey off and running off the field in New York and not having an, abil- an ability to, to fly back to their home state with the team and figuring out how to get back home. And quitting on your team. There's something else going on. So I, I, I unpacked a lot. I feel like I rambled and I apologize, but I feel like there is there are aspects of that that we can unpack with the with our listeners that will enlighten you. Maybe you walk away and you're like, hmm, I never thought of it that way. I do remember such and such going to school with my kids and having conversations and Danan saying something about Torin or Savvy and me never saying anything about my kid. That's just a different cultural thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, in, in, in hindsight and everything, I think everybody just looks at, you know, like, as far as the toughness standpoint, I realize that I'm raising young African-American kids in America, and I, I don't use the word fair. I don't I don't expect them to be understanding. Life ain't fair. It ain't fair, right? And so the, the quicker you realize that, the quicker you're going to you, – you'll realize you got to grind a little bit harder. You got you to push a little bit, bit to, to be the best, uh, to be successful, to earn that spot, to earn that position. Um, if everything's even, then they're leaving. That means you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get it. You got to make it as clear 
it's possible that you are the, the, the person for that position, that you deserve that batting order spot, that you are willing to lead the team in all categories um, if you have the ability to. Um, and, and that is a good way to me um, to raise young men to be overachievers. And, to be, and sometimes to do that, I got to be a critical eye. I got to point out when my son doesn't run in a straight line uh, when stealing the, going from first to second. I don't care how fast you are. If you're bowing out and you're not running a straight line, you're not running from the inside of first base to the inside of second, um, or if you're not running from the inside of first base to the outside of second because you want to make that tag a little further six away, further away yep. then, then, then you're not doing it the right way um, to maximize your success rate. If you're not being low at your starts, if you're not exploding out your starts, if you're in the box and the ball is hit and you're watching your hit for a second and a half instead of running down the baseline, then when you get thrown out at first by a half a step, that's your own fault. But the con- but my point is the conversation that you would have with the parent next to you. Oh, would be just that. Would be just like that. Just true. And, and I, I yep. do the same, but it did not seem to be reciprocated often. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. And I think that kind of it, it was it, it showed itself on a higher level when you see this A B situation. Now we got text messages saying it's not about race. It's not about there. Multiple things can be true in life. There are aspects of things. His actions aren't about race. But the reactions that are coming from people could be. And here's a perspective. Now, I know we got, we're, we're, we're upon it. We got to get to a break. We're going to tackle some text line. We don't have any phone lines open. When we come back in the third quarter after halftime, we're going to get to these text messages because I kind of feel like as I scan through them, they're kind of in line with what we just talked about, and I want to get to them. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. Unfolded a lot in the second quarter. Sean Barber and I'm Danon Hughes. Third quarter of Players Only. We are brought to you each and every week by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Uh, third quarter is normally the Times Yours segment. We got a couple of guys on the phone line. We got a whole bunch of text line. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. If, 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 if there's a way to get the text line live, I guess you mentioned the word race, and all of a sudden everybody gets. Amazing how that works, man, right? Man, those Twitter fingers get happy real quick. Amazing. It's like many essays being dropped. It's, this is a text line, so let, let me let y'all know. <laughs> Anything more than about 20 words gets broken up into multiple streams. And gets put into the computer all different ways, and I'm sorry, it takes me way too long. And it goes up, it goes upside down. So you gotta read the first one and then read up. Yeah, it it gets real confusing. (laughs) So keep it short, keep it sweet. Obviously, we love the interaction, we love the text, but these uh, short essays, man. Let's get to Jax on the phone line. What's up, Jax? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight, man? Chilling like Bob Dylan. How you? Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Chilling like Dylan. Hey, I tell you what, I, I would go into the A-B thing, but I'll just say this. Uh, in my opinion, 
Uh, they say in the, in the in the movie Forty Two, the Branch Ricky was looking for Jackie Robinson because he was a a great example or a testament to his race. And so when you when you mention the word race and you talk about some of these pundits on TV that have been ultra critical of him, uh, I can understand from a black man's perspective how the way he handled the situation mm-hmm. was a discredit to us. It yeah. looked terrible. So what the situation was, whether he was really hurt or whatever, all of the details of that the way he handled it was just such a disgrace. Um, but I'll say that I got to get to the Chiefs, though. Uh, number one, as much heat as this defense has taken uh, for what happened towards the end of that game, why did this offense only score three points in the second half? I mean, you've got to keep the pedal down, bro. You're talking about an offense in, in Cincinnati that has talented receivers, a good quarterback, and a good running game. The game wasn't over at halftime, so this offense has got to continue to score. But then secondly, before I go, I want to hear Barbara Barbershop's opinion or what he thinks about the concept of let them score at the end of the game. Just just let them score. Like that's so ridiculous yeah. to me from a player's perspective. I don't even I don't even understand that. How do you even come up with that? So hey man, I appreciate it, man. As always, love you guys. I'll let you later. Thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah, I'll try to keep it a short. Uh C dot uh, he we went to the, about a five minute rant about the let him score theory. He thinks at the two minute mark where, where at, at, at that point of the game, if we had let him score, then we would have got the ball back with two minutes and a timeout, handing the ball back to Pat Mahomes. Even if you're down by seven, he thinks it's a better situation and continue to play defense. And, and he asked me, what did, what, 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 was I on team let him score? And I looked at him across the desk and I'm like, do you even know me? <laughs> what, what <laughs> do part, we just meet? <laughs> what part of, of what my essence is as a man playing defense, do you think I'm going to sacrifice time with my family being at home, being on that practice field, learning these defenses, my blood, sweat, and tears to prevent somebody all week long from getting to the end zone. And then after fighting for every inch for 58 minutes, you're going to tell me, Go let them score? Him. Yeah. I told them if that was ever the case and, and, and I was in the huddle, you better be bringing somebody else in this huddle to pull me to out pull the game and let them do it. And let them do it. Yeah. I will never be a part of that. I'd be the only sucker on the field tackling this sucker, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Bob, it was the you know, we, it was we, the gimme play. <laughs> it was the whatever they call it. It's, it's some word they jailbreak. No, what they say? Uh, it's some yeah, yeah. It's some word they got for the let them score thing. And uh, yeah, you better pull me off the field then. Yeah, I, that's I'm not old built school that mindset way. for real. I, I, I feel you on that one. I appreciate your call, Jax, and I, I I get it. There's there's some metrics and. Uh, you know, there's different opinions about it. I think what really killed us was the penalties because even the penalties gave them new downs, especially offsetting penalty. But the one thing that people don't realize or may not factor in is that when you have a penalty, the clock doesn't move back. You might move the ball back, but the clock doesn't move back. Eight attempts. Once it was first and goal, it was eight attempts they had after first and goal. There's no defending that. You you can never um, anticipate that many snaps yep. with that, with, with, with and that they helped frame. us out because they threw a couple of passes that stopped the clock. So once they, once you got the first two stops, to me, you going to stop them. You you just got to go stop them. You got to go full board. You, at that point, you made a decision. Jamaican Ken, what's going on? That's my guy. What's happening? Good. Speak hey, to hey, us. Good, good to have you. Hey man, I'm just want to pick it back on an old game that we lost. You know, I think we're self chief uh, self inflicted themselves. We just talk about the the penalty. We got ten penalty. Uh, our players got to know better when when to back off and don't don't let push the referee to give us a flag 
because the guy would attack attack like the uh, he's going under out zone. Uh, you know, you don't need to fling him down on the ground like that. He's already out. We got to learn how to back off. You know, when it's time to back off and back home, when it's time to back in. But I think we cost ourselves. And then our coach, you know, the other uh, Cincinnati out coach, out out coach, our coach, basically mm. like that. You know, the you know the guy he run the clock. Mahomes still on the sideline for almost eight minutes without getting the ball back. That's a long time for Mahomes to sit on the bench. You know, so we just out coaches. That's all. Yep. You know, by by Cincinnati coaches, and they yeah. were happy because they they felt like, hey, we be, we out coach. You know, and that, that's that's all that is to that. Yeah. But hopefully, they learn from it and we're ready for the Denver. And we can continue to go on to the Super Bowl. Appreciate the call, Jamaican Ken. Yeah, I don't know about the whole out coaching, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think, I think we we jumped ahead. And to Big Jack's point, I believe we only had the ball three times in the second half. So, yeah, we should have scored more points, but that's not how things unfolded. So we appreciate the calls, appreciate the text line. Text line is open. Uh, do either do. From the 816, do either of you ever feel like the media portrayed you completely wrong? I mean, really early, completely? In, my career, really early in my career, I realized football was what I did. It wasn't who I was. And so somebody telling me, hey, Sean Barber, Mr. Mean Tackles, we need to replace him, you know, fire him, get, get, get him out of town and whatever. I mean, listen, whatever you felt about my attitude and effort on the field, it is what it is. I tried my best. That's all I can do. And then whatever the critics said and the pundits and all that kind of stuff, that didn't really affect my preparation Me for the neither. next game. But I will tell you, I was the dude in the locker room that would laugh at everybody else. So, like, <laughs> so I bring, I bring a newspaper in and some McDonald's breakfast, and I sit in my locker and read the newspaper, and I'll be like, yo, tomorrow, I can't believe you. Look at what Jason Whitlock said about you. Oh, oh Andre, it. I can't believe he dissed you like this. Look at Whitlock. So, so that's, that's, that was me. Because they didn't say anything negative about me, so I had to fan the flames a little bit in the locker room. That's just That was just my mindset. I talk a lot of trash, if y'all don't know. All right, uh, from the 913, the guy talked about entitlement. Maybe it was the wrong word, but I think their cockiness has turned into arrogance. Uh, there's a level of invincibility that you have to have at this level. Um, you have to believe that you're better than, and sometimes that can seep on off the field. Just like uh, reckless... Uh, reckless my mindset mm-hmm. or reckless action, guys driving 100 and something miles an hour, not making an excuse. But in, the, in that locker room and on that field, you have to believe you are invincible and you can bounce back from any hurt, any injury, any block, any tackle, any hit, whatever. And unfortunately, I, used to, I, I refer to it as a light switch mentality. Mm-hmm that you have to be able to have, when I go on the field, there's a light switch that turns on, and in, in between every play, that light switch needs to turn off. And sometimes guys don't know how to turn the light switch off when they get outside the locker room, in their cars, in their, with their families, yeah. with women, et cetera. That's not only on the football field. That's not only in sports. You got CEOs around that don't know how to turn the light switch off about with their antics and so on. So it's a society thing, unfortunately, for a lot of athletes, they get a, a light shined heavier on them because they are athletes. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I I think the entitlement no, name or the word gets thrown around too much. I think the word CTE gets thrown around too much. Yeah. I think a lot of words get thrown out too much. And I, I, obviously, I can tell you one thing. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. I ain't no doctor. I ain't no psychiatrist. I'm not gonna try to uh, diagnose anybody's anything from a few seasons of seeing them play. Uh, and hits the, that they yeah, may have taken the t- or not. On the text line, they talk about the Vontez Burfett hit Burfitt. against AB where he knocked him out and stuff, and he said he ain't been right, right. since. I've been um, knocked out m- more times than that. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we like the, the, the NFL, it is what it is. It's a violent sport, and guys get uh, rewarded very well to, to play that th- this game. Um, but it is a game. Yeah. When we're competing. We're out there trying to be gladiators. We're trying to do all this. Uh, it's a violent, it's legalized, legalized way to be violent, what my man Melvin Ingram say. I love that quote. Legalized violence. Legalized violence. Josh is on the line. Josh, we're going to get to you in one second. We got to go to a break. We're going to open bills. up the fourth quarter. When we come back, we got to talk about this Denver Broncos matchup. We'll get to you, Josh, as well as a couple of text line. Let's do that. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And we're back, players only, fourth quarter. Last show before we head out to Denver for that matchup against the Broncos. Each and every week, we're brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We apologize, Josh, the, for the lengthy hold, and we got dropped. Hopefully, you can call in next week. Got the text line open, 816 said, A.B. was not a disgrace to his race, but a disgrace to the human race with his actions. I'm going to disagree. There's a lot stronger things that happen in the world from individuals that are disgraced more than somebody running off the field. And, and I just think that's a little ele- elevated. And just because you text in all caps? That don't mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> we, just because you text in all caps, that don't mean we're going to agree with you. Just yeah. so you know, text line. <laughs> he's emphatic about oh, it. Oh, he's emphatic. I, listen, you said what you wanted to say. That don't mean we agree with yeah. you. So. 816, great radio. Race doesn't change a perspective. It just opens up the doors for people who may not hear it, may not have friends, may not have open relationships with people who are honest to hear something different. I went to the University of Iowa from growing up five minutes from New York City. Like, there's a different perspective that people have in different parts of the world. And if I don't open that, if I never open up that conversation with my buddies that went to school and came from Iowa, how are they ever going to learn? I can be listening, I can be honest and real transparent. The A B, what happened with him with that with, with 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 that play after that, I've seen something similar to that happen on the baseball field mm-hmm. with batters who strike out throwing their bats, throwing their helmets down, an infielder missing the ball and throwing his glove down, mm-hmm. a pitcher not getting a strike call, coming off the mound, cursing at the yeah, umpire, umpire. And, and coaches when they get to the dugout looking at the parents like this your boy. Yeah. Come come say come parent come get him. Mm-hmm. Come get him before I got to say something to so. him. And as a parent, I'm looking at that and like how can that ever get to that point? Yeah. What hasn't gone on in that household at some point for for that parent to tell that kid you don't act that way. And now if there's anything good, let me tell you the silver lining about AB. On national TV, we saw a guy purely show his backside. <laughs> show it completely. Don't matter what race he was. Now as a parent, you're able to show exactly to your kid how that attitude, how that emotion, that that 
that that should not ever happen. Yeah. So if you got a little kid who's in baseball right now, who's whatever sport, and you don't like the attitude and the, the body language you're seeing on the baseball field, now you have an open easel. You got a chance to create a masterpiece of the parent. Walk your kid through Do why what not to do. That shouldn't be happening. Yep. I I coached as you know, I coached uh, travel baseball for 11 years. Some of the most impactful coaching opportunities I had is when I got thrown out of a game mm. for getting too hot or I got in an argument or something like that. That's the learning experience for a bunch of young people that yes. are looking up to somebody else. And if you have some humility and you own it, there's something that can impact. And I still have kids now. They're 25, 26 years old that I coached 10 15 years ago that still talk about how that impacted them. Mm. So it's, it's sometimes you can turn a negative into a positive. Yes, it was disgrace, disgraceful, that action, but it's a learning opportunity, and there's so much more that can be unpacked in it. And we're going to tackle more about that next week, so definitely tune in. But we got to get to these final couple of minutes of the show, Barbershop. The Denver Broncos will be taking on our Kansas City Chiefs in Mile High City your thoughts on this matchup real quick. Well, I think the the Broncos are coming in kind of with, uh, you know, kind of limping in. I think they got a lot of guys that are going to be missing the game. Uh, one of their best linemen, uh, Reisner, I think mm-hmm. is going to miss the game. Uh, Pat, man, his, his son, Sertain Jr., um, I don't know if he's going to be uh, healthy if he does play. Uh, got he, Drew Locke, local, local kid, going to get his shot. Teddy Bridgewater is still down from the concussion. Yep. So there's going to be some guys like with that next opportunity, the next man up mentality. But obviously for the Broncos, I think they just want to um, kind of get through the season, um, get to the offseason and make some adjustments, whether it's head coaching, whether it's offense coordinator, personnel-wise. Um, they, they understand they got, a, they got, they got some, some changes that are coming their way. And so um, I think as the Chiefs, we want to kind of right the ship a little bit. Uh, we know that how that game last week ended ain't really what – that, that's not our way of playing. We know we got guys that can run in the ball. We got we can score points in the second half. So I think we want to kind of set the, the, the tempo or set the direction of the ship in the right way going into the playoffs. So that's the way I see things going. Yeah, and I see the same. I think this is an opportunity to rebound. Uh, maybe, you know, you get a little full of yourself if that's the case, but you have an opportunity you brought back down to earth. You're going against a team that wants to spoil things. They want to be the spoilers, especially against a divisional rival. It's an opportunity for our Chiefs to step up, play the way they need to play to get back to the promised land where they've been the last two years. Hey man, That's that, what we should be looking towards. That text line got some knowledge. The best example is sometimes a bad example. Good yep. parenting moment. Hey, man, the text line shuts it down, dropping wisdom, dropping knowledge. Hey, man, continue to bless us with those blessings, yep. man. We're going to talk know. more about it next week. We got a lot of insight. We appreciate Julio. Directing our traffic, barbershop. Players only. Appreciate you, brother. Players only each and every week. We'll be back for a playoff version next week. Definitely tune in. Peace. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t